for many Christians, there's a question that lingers in the back of our minds and lurks in the recesses of our hearts. It's a question born of insecurity and uncertainty, rising out of our experience as fallen beings in a broken world. And it's a question that eats away at our trust and our faith. The same question antagonizes the curious non-Christian as well. But instead of sowing doubt, it throws up a barrier. Born out of the genuine uncertainty of one who does not know where to find an answer. This question stands between them and the life of faith like an outstretched hand keeping God at bay. The question is this, does God really love me? It's not hard to imagine the power of God. One has only to stand outside in a thunderstorm to grasp the raw power that fills the world and how feeble we are in comparison. Nor is it hard to imagine the vastness of God. One has only to gaze at the stars on a clear winter night to discover how vast the universe is and how small we are in comparison. But the love of God is different. Every experience of love we've ever had is tainted. Even the most beautiful love we know is tarnished at the very least by our own selfishness. We've experienced love, but only impure and imperfect love. And this experience casts doubt on the love of God. It leads us to ask either out loud or in secret, does God really love me? I want to bring this question into the open because today is the one day each and every year on which it is answered with an unequivocal and resounding yes. God loves you. God loves you with an intimacy and a profundity that you can scarcely imagine. And we see that love in the death of Jesus Christ. There are two things I want for you to see in the cross of Christ today. That it is the ultimate act of love and the undeniable affirmation of God's love for us. On the last night that they were together, Jesus said to his disciples, greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends. Jesus had already shown his love for humanity by leaving behind the glory of heaven and becoming one of us. He then affirmed that love by embracing the relative poverty of a first century Jew growing up on the margins of the Roman Empire. He showed his love further still by comforting those in sorrow, healing the sick and blessing the poor. In spite of his own sinless perfection, he endured the faults of his friends. He performed miracles on their their behalf. He washed their feet. Every single act was an affirmation of his love, but none compared to the death that he would endure the very next day. The greatest sign of love, it's not a gift or a public declaration or the giving of pleasure, The greatest sign that we can give of our love is suffering. A young man can go on and on and on about his love for his girlfriend, but if he isn't willing to sacrifice his own ambitions in order to marry her, then he doesn't truly love her. The single mother 
who works all day and then stays up late helping with homework, doing laundry, cooking and cleaning, only to do it all again the next day at the expense of any kind of social life. She truly loves her children. The soldier who throws himself on a grenade makes that split-second decision not out of duty or honor, but out of love for the men around him. He protects their lives at the cost of his own and does so instinctively because he loves them. The greatest demonstration of love is suffering and the most profound form of suffering is death. In the first of three short letters tucked right near the end of the New Testament, the Apostle John writes of Jesus, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us. And he didn't merely lay down his life, he suffered in the cruelest way imaginable as he did. Stripped, flogged, crowned with thorns, forced to carry a heaven wooden cross before being nailed to its frame and lifted above the crowds where he slowly suffocated. Jesus' suffering and death on the cross, it's the ultimate act of love. It's also the undeniable affirmation of God's love for us. And this is where it gets personal. In 1 John 4, 9, John says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That cumbersome word, propitiation, means that in his death, Jesus was a sacrifice on our behalf. It signifies that he stood in our place on the cross, dying for our sins in order to set us right with God the Father. You see, the ultimate act of love had a purpose. It wasn't symbolic. It was meant to accomplish something, our reconciliation with God. Have you ever wondered how much your life is worth? Perhaps you've actually done the math, figuring out your net worth based on assets, income, and insurance policies. But that has very little to do with what your life is actually worth. The value of a thing is determined by what a person is willing to pay for it. Likewise, the value of a life is determined not by what one already owns, but by what another person is willing to give in order to save it. When Jesus died on the cross, he traded his life for ours because he thought that our lives were worth saving. He did this not just for his friends, the disciples, but for every single person who puts their trust in him for their salvation. As Jesus said to Nicodemus early in John's gospel, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That love is for us. That love is for you. And here's the most remarkable thing. When Jesus gave his life for yours, it wasn't simply the trading of one life for another. It was the gift of an eternal life for a mortal one. Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century English preacher, put it so well. He said, when a man lays down his life for his friend, he does not lay down what he could keep altogether. 
He could only have kept it for a while. He must at last have yielded to the arrows of death. But such is not the case with Jesus. Jesus needed not die at all. There was no ground or reason why he should die apart from his laying down his life in the place instead of his friends. Our Lord Jesus and none but he could stand at the brink of the grave and say, no man taketh my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. Our service began with prelude, an old English hymn, my song is love unknown. It was originally written as a poem in 1664 by the Puritan minister Samuel Crossman. The opening lines are a meditation on the mystery and meaning of Jesus' love. My song is love unknown. My Savior's love to me. Love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. That second line captures the incredible nature of Jesus' love for us. We are not by nature worthy of love, but Jesus, in dying on the cross, declared us worthy of the greatest love of all. And by doing so, he made us both lovely and lovable. Crossman ends a stanza with the stunned recognition that this love is for him. Oh, who am I that for my sake my Lord should take frail flesh and die? We join him in astonished acceptance of the love of Jesus. We call this day Good Friday, not because what happened on this day is good. The murder of an innocent man is never good. But because of what it proves, the good news is that God loves us. When Jesus died on the cross, it was the ultimate expression of love. The greatest act of love that the world's ever seen. It was also the undeniable affirmation that we are loved. In spite of who we've been and what we've done, we are loved by the only begotten Son of God, who by his death reconciles us to God the Father and draws us into the everlasting fellowship of Father, Son, and Spirit. Our final musical offering, it begins with the awe-filled exclamation of someone who has grasped this love of Christ on the cross. What wondrous love is this, O my soul? Oh, my soul, what wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul. Let's stand and sing this together with the joy of full acceptance as the expression of our love for Jesus who loved us first on the hardwood of the cross.